1: Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim!
0: That's Andy!
1: And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together, we talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem that's wearing its cast in the pool at the back (laughs) of your video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are going to get busy with each other while we watch It Follows from 2014. Tim, learning what we learned from the... um uh God, I forgot to write down the title of the movie now. What was the one with uh, Christopher Walken? Uh, dead Zone. Dead Zone. Learning what we learned from the Dead Zone, how you wouldn't even have sex with someone else uh, if your partner <laughs> was in a coma for five years. How would you... Since you can't just have sex with someone and pass it on to someone else, how would you deal with this persistent specter? Okay, so
0: we're going to get right into the – we're, we're going to assume that folks have seen It Follows, or at least are familiar with it. Um, oh, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, that's the – I mean – I And do I say that word right? I think I say familiar – I think I say f- – Is it it's, familiar? It's, 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 I think it's familiar. Is it familiar? But I say familiar. Familiar. Oh, interesting. Weird. We should do a little experiment. Experiment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, It was a familiar experiment. I guess early spoilers for It Follows. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the the whole premise of the the movie.
0: The idea of you have sex with somebody, this horrible thing is following you, and you can't get rid of it until you pass it on to somebody else through having sex
1: with another person. This movie's eight years old. I'm not. Yeah. uh, Right. Statute of limitations.
0: Well, right. and that's, let me just get that out of the way. That's one of the funnier parts, too, that I still consider this like when someone asks me, like, okay, yeah, you love the slashers in the 80s and the 70s stuff. What about the new stuff? And I'm like, oh, it follows yeah. <laughs> from the middle of last decade. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, answering the question, um, hmm, I suppose you want me to be honest. Of course. Uh, okay. When you're, and I don't mean this as a cheat, but when you're a parent, it's a lot easier to do, to make hard decisions for like the benefit of you because my kids need me. Right. So if I'm going to die, unless I pass this thing on. Yeah. I'm doing it for my kids. You got it. Right? right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. right. But let's just say I'm gonna I'm not gonna take the easy way out. Let's just say I <laughs> it's just me. Yeah, not okay, let's not honestly then. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so let's just say I'm single, I have no kids, and now this thing is out to get me.
1: Um well no, in this scenario, you're with someone and you cannot cheat. Oh you're not single. That's what I'm saying. If you oh. can't pass it off through sex, oh, how are you, how are you, how would you, how do you live your it? life? Yeah. What are you
0: doing? Well, it would suck for me because I'm not one of those people that loves to just like feels like, oh, I just, I have to move or, I have to travel. <laughs> like I, I just don't feel that way. So it would be kind of a pain in the ass because I'm horrible at packing and I'd have to be on the move at all times. Here's the first thing that I would do being in logistics. I would sit down, and not that I'm a math genius, but I would sit down and try to figure out average walking times Yes, with uh, to learn a new measurement of time for how much time I have per distance. Right. So if I travel uh, 500 miles away, what do I
1: have? A couple weeks? Yeah. Okay. See, see, Google will do that for you. This okay. is the great thing. And I think this is why... Maybe this is why this movie is kind of set in a indescript time period where there seems to be some advanced technology and old technology that coexist. Because if you, they did have like a cell phone, they could just do that. Be like, well, we know we're here. I can. I, Google will tell me how long it takes to walk here. Like you can set that like. Yeah. How long does it take me to walk to Chicago? And it'll be like 10 hours. True. And you're like, cool. I even know how to do that. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. So that's good. Um, now, let me ask you this. Can it follow you into alternate dimensions? Ooh.
1: Hop, uh, you hopping on the <laughs> event horizon? Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. It's either I give up my. Uh, no. Yeah. You're tortured either way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Actually, the actually this looks way better compared to event horizon. I'm going to go with this instead. Um so, are you assuming that i I would not selfishly transfer it to the person that I was in a relationship with?
1: Uh, right. Okay. No. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Because I wouldn't. Ne- yeah. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> never. Right. Yeah. No. Never. No, no. Never. Um. No. No. I told you to stop being honest. <laughs> Let we're playing out crazy <laughs> no, scenarios. No, I wouldn't. I. And here's the thing. No, I, I li- you would no, never listen, do that. That's that
0: is that I wouldn't do that. I would. I would. I would outrun it. And I, you know where I would go? I know exactly what I would do. I know exactly what I would do. Ooh. I would go, this works in two ways. I'd go to um, New Mexico. Uh-huh. I have a friend there who is a holy man for his tribe. He's Isleta Pueblo. And part of his day to day job is ridding people of curses that have been put on them. Like he literally, that's his function in his tribe. Yeah. So I would go to New Mexico. And his name's Andy, actually. Nice. I, and I'd talk with Andy and I'd say, okay, we got some time here. We got a week, a week and a half, 10 days, two weeks. Uh-huh. And I need you to get rid of this thing for me before it gets here in two weeks. Yeah. I'd be putting a lot of faith in him. Sure. But that's his job. That's what he does. Listen,
1: I'm going to say right now, normally I'd say that sounds like a dumb solution. But we're living in a world where there's a sex curse that follows you. So uh, why couldn't there be a guy that can remove it? Yeah. I'd like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. It actually sounds like the most logical thing to do.
0: Plus, I've always wanted to go to New Mexico. Really? Yeah. Yeah why i mean i've been to arizona yeah so you've been to new mexico yeah i I,
1: pretty much (laughs) i don't
0: i don't imagine what is
1: the difference between those two
0: well i think one is okay because there are parts of arizona that you can go to that have a little bit of snow like flagstaff okay i don't know if there's any snow in new mexico yeah but that's really not all that different because if you're saying like Is New Mexico at least always exactly like the part, a part of Arizona? Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) So, yes, I've been there. Um, But I haven't actually, like, you know, settled into the borders. Uh, You know, I've heard – I have a – actually, well, friend of the show, Dr. Renault, His sister, uh, I believe, still lives out there. She moved out there to build these, like, biodome things, these, like, houses – uh, I don't know if it was for underprivileged people or whatever, but they build them out of like, it's like part Adobe, part old tires or whatever cool. and stuff like that. So that's cool. We get a little house for ourselves yeah. and uh, meet with the shaman and just, you know, kind of take in the, the natural beauty of New Mexico and yeah. rid yourself of a curse so that you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, not Why that not? you would then go on and have sex with other people because you know the whole idea was yeah. to get rid of the curse. Of course not. But um but yeah, that's that's what I would do. Yeah. That's what that's a great solution. Now somebody might say, like, if I was, maybe this isn't that bad. If you're like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody that like just hops continents. <laughs> right. You know, that's probably, we don't know anyone. They like probably that. wouldn't even ever bother to like come in contact with it. You know, it's like tomorrow's like, you know, they're in Spain and yeah. then the next day they're yeah, that's in New Zealand. Where
1: you are just like, I, I live half of my year in Chicago and the other half in like, I don't know, Greece.
0: And what if you cross oceans?
1: <laughs> exactly. Can you make this thing okay? See, this is all stuff <laughs> what we were going to bring up anyway. It was kind of a dumb question because yeah, that's stuff we we're going to talk about anyway.
0: You know what though? I would. I don't t- know what else do you ask
1: for this one.
0: You know what I would do though? I'd fuck with it. I'd get a jetpack. I'd let right? it, Yeah, I'd Look, let it get within like just like like earshot, and then just blast off another like hundred and fifty feet. Thing
1: could only walk at a walking pace toward me, and you could see it at all times. Right. It's never hidden. No. If you are cursed with it, you can't see it. Yeah. How fun would that be to be like, just hop over a big gap? And what Watch if, it. Try and like, well, Yeah. <laughs> shuffle around and try and get to this gap.
0: It might make the whole thing worth it. Right. Really? Um, what if I told you this? We get our you get yourself a genetically engineered best new best friend. And guess what it is? A spider. Oh, God. <laughs> With all those eyes. He's got eyes on everything all the time. And you just have like your. It's like a but buddy. But how
1: the spider can't see it? Well, but I think he could see. So I have to fuck the spider? Oh,
0: I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they can't see. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to fuck the spider. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd rather die. <laughs> i
1: <laughs> my
0: god you'd probably fuck die. it to death yeah. though i oh mean yeah god. yeah then it's then it's just
1: like you had sex with a spider for no reason um also i believe uh male spiders their penis is a one of their legs it's like comes out of their foot
0: oh that's convenient yeah like if you were like a soccer player and that shit was just
1: trained up yeah, to just where plow. you can just be like he like goes up to a lady spider. He's like, I'm just gonna, you know, just gonna stick a finger in. And then whoop, surprise! It was my penis finger. <laughs> that one. Yeah. He gave her the arrested. Finger. Arrest that spider. Not cool, spider. See, if it was on my leg,
0: I'd be all right. Like I have like I can do this move from like my Taekwondo training where I can just like lift my leg up and just tap my foot out repeatedly for like ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um so
1: I would love I'd love to I'd be see all right. that sometime. I'd be all right,
0: yeah. Sure. I'll show you. I got to stretch a
1: little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe maybe amend that forever comment. Uh, Right. Yes. Right. For five minutes, right? A while. Yes. Yes. A while. (laughs) Um, More than you can. Right. Yes.
0: That's all that matters. Um, But yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, it's funny. I was thinking to myself like, oh, my God. Like what? what question is he going to go with on this one where is he going to go with it but no that's uh that's interesting and i think that um you know what though i it it does say a lot for persistence because that's one thing in this movie where you're like man maybe they just won't find him this time right. like maybe they've just gone to a remote enough location and they just kind of outran it. Yeah. They just sort of
1: like lost it. They took like one exit like real quickly. Yeah. Whoa. Like like two like
0: two people Cut are driving in a car and somebody traffic. says turn left and somebody's like, Where? Turn left? Where? Turn left.
1: And then they turn left like a buddy cop Which movie. always is way too late then. Like- right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Um. No. That's that's an interesting question. One thing that is is good, though. I mean, I think we can both agree on this: that it is, as far as we know, that these sex curses, uh, as they're de- you know depicted in the movie, yeah. don't don't exist.
1: No, not in real. Not in our reality. I right. don't right. believe so. No. So, now, I believe maybe if we applied some sort of metaphor to it, yes, we could say. Sex curses do exist. Maybe well, yeah, in some you sort could of a say Physical that. sense that then follow you for the rest of your life until sure, you die. Sure, builds character. AIDS.
0: Yeah, if I have to spell it out. Yeah, that's the thing. We're we're in pretty good, like, uh, generational. When AIDS was a big deal. Yeah,
1: oh it was God. Like I've talked do about. Kids know about
0: AIDS. Not really. It's over. Like they cured it, and <laughs> just so, like COVID. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Oh, you got no, AIDS
1: really existed, sorry, it, it did, yeah.
0: yeah. And I actually, and I, I did. Well, you, yeah, you know, some people that died of AIDS.
1: I do, yeah, yeah, or I know of people. No, I you probably didn't know that. I think you knew them, oh, really, yeah. All right, uh, we'll talk about it later,
0: but um, no, yes, yeah, so all you gotta I'll do to is check my quilt, yeah, yeah your quilt, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. That's all you need to do, make a quilt, and it's over. Um, Some no, sick references I, uh, but no, but down. this is, but, but you and I come from an interesting generational standpoint though, with that, where we saw this AIDS thing come on with like nobody having any idea what was really happening. Like I've told you that thing before where <laughs> I, I won't even say who, but somebody that I know, like I said, Oh my gosh, did you hear that Rob Lowe has AIDS in his arm? And, <laughs> and, and then this person, you know, an older woman said, Oh, that's such a shame not only a shame that he had AIDS in his arm, but that at that time that Roblo was gay, that was like the real shame Fine. that he was off the God, market. You right. Know? Yes. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a double whammy there. Um, but yeah, we knew nothing of it. Like we no. didn't. And the thing was it. Yeah. Cause I think that the sixties and seventies were really gearing up to like make sex a pretty like big thing. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like they were all, they just doubled down <laughs> on lots of casual sex. And then the eighties came along yeah. and, had its way with it. Guess what we've discovered? <laughs> yeah, right. This
1: feels yeah. good.
0: Your uncle didn't just die of pneumonia <laughs> at 28, you know? Um. <laughs> but no, that is it is weird. It's weird though, because like didn't didn't Magic Johnson just kind of get like cured, sort of? I mean I mean, or is it just that the medicine has advanced to such a level?
1: Yeah, like they can't, it's not. I think he I think he still has uh HIV, but it is at a level that's now so low it's like undetectable.
0: Okay. Well, we'll we'll cut it off. We'll save the rest of the AIDS conversation for the
1: live show Uh because <laughs> I know that everybody, everybody loves that. Did you not see that South Park episode? My kid just again, I'm sure I brought this up is now obsessed with South Park and watches them all the time. But one of the best ones... Is it, that the one with the ween song? Uh... Is Wien in that? The
0: rainbow song. Oh no, that's yeah.
1: the chef. Oh, oh wait, is that Chef Aid? No. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, but yeah, that's a great song, by the way. Oh, sure, the Rainbow yeah. by Wayne, which is hard to find now. You can't find that Chef Aid album anywhere. Are you serious? Yeah, it's insane. Great album it? though. Some great songs on there. Uh, but the whole impetus of it is they discover the cure for AIDS. And it's to, like, blend up $50 million and inject it into yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's how Magic Johnson got the cure for AIDS. It was that makes a certain <laughs> amount of sense, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, and through that episode, Cartman has a great running gag where he infects himself with AIDS. I don't remember why or what that whole subplot is, but the, the line he always uses... He'll say something incredulous and someone will be like, are you serious? And he goes, or they'll be like, are you sure? And he's like, not only am I sure, I'm HIV positive. <laughs> oh, well played. I did oh, not even great. try to do Cartman right there. But- that's great.
0: Um, hey, me. <laughs> no, that's, that would be a tricky thing. Like I used to have this weird thing that I thought about where like, like you could have the power to travel time. But in order to like enact it, right beforehand, you had to like break a bone. So you okay. had to like, like, if you wanted to jump back like two hours to fix something, you had to like take your finger and just crack, and oh. then you wouldn't feel it on the other side once you got there. Right. But for that, you'd have to have the mental tenacity to break your own bone.
1: Oh, you're gonna you're gonna like everything everywhere all at once when you finally yeah, see appa- apparently like the yeah. hottest movie of the yeah. year.
0: By the time I see it, there'll be nothing, nowhere, yeah. anywhere, anytime.
1: Did you just hear people, be, are, people get excited about a movie and you're like, no, thank you. You're kind like, of. Ooh, X, no. Uh, I, everything I, everywhere all at once, no, thank you. You didn't see Top Gun? I'm no. I'm sure. No. Me neither, though.
0: But that's how I am, though. Like, if everybody's, like, singing in the car and there's a whole, like, group vibe, like, I just clam up. <laughs> but when it's when it's just me feeling something, that's when I That's what you're saying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um so Pearl, you should see Pearl. Everyone yeah. should see Pearl. Better than X. It's better than X, I'll say that.
0: Is it the best one-word titled movie you've ever seen? No,
1: Jaws is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um yeah, Jaws. Clue, Clue Clu might be better. Really? Clue rules. Clue does rule. Yeah. Have you ever seen Clue the Musical? I don't know if I could say it's better than Pearl. I mean, Pearl is like. Clue is just like a surprise. Wow. A good movie based on a board game.
0: Have you ever seen Clue the Musical? No. It is the worst thing I've ever seen oh, in my fucking life. No. Absolutely horrific. Wow. Imagine an entire, like, two hour musical that encapsulates all of the fun of when you're, like, first learning how to play a new game. <laughs> Like just somebody taking the instruction manual of a board game and being like, give me two hours. Right. We're going to slow it down and we're going to set it to music. By the way, none of the songs are going to be inspirational or <laughs>
1: catchy. Yeah. <memorable>. At all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, it's awful. It's Absolutely. Happened. None of it. I mean, I'm sitting there just like I like I was looking around, just waiting for like just heads to explode (laughs) in the audience. Like, how is everybody still here? Like the sense of group guilt to have to stay in our seats for this. I told my kid I'd come. (laughs) Yeah, I told him it'd be fun. You know, Clue. Because Clue is fun. Although I will say is there a thing where if you play that game enough, like if you're an adult yeah. and you play it enough, you can kind of like figure it out every time.
1: Uh, Isn't
0: there kind of a thing? Like if you play it enough, you always know, like if you're playing against kids,
1: I mean, yeah, I guess there's a bit of, it's like counting strategy about how you, I mean, the only thing you can really do is what cards you show to people. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know what's weird though? It's like I don't know. Here I am talking about like learning
0: how to play games. You know what I do really well with? Completely forgetting how to play games. <laughs> like I've played hours and hours of Yahtzee. Yeah. If you put that scorecard thing in front of me and the little cup thing and the dice, I'd have no idea. I'd just <laughs> no, do bat it go around together? I'd bat it around like <laughs> an ape. Like just hop around and just like swat at it. <laughs> I have no idea how to You'd play that. You still beat me. I'm not even, yeah, like, I don't know how to play that. I don't know how to play, like, I kind of forgot. Battleship's pretty easy, right? You just sit there and guess shit until it, but
1: you kind of remember, though, right? Well, you have pegs, so you can put okay, it's a miss or a hit. Okay. So you don't even really have to remember. Right. What if Play Candyland. Candyland, straight up random chance. Zero strategy. Really? Candyland. Yes, all you do is you shuffle a deck of colored cards. You flip a card over and you move to that color. There is, there is... Nothing you can do to alter how that game turned no out. No amount
0: of steroid use. No, no. Wow. Couldn't hurt.
1: Yeah. Go for <laughs> right. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We need stronger men. We got we're a generation of sissy ass men. Ain't it the truth? God damn. Get some Get dumb candy dumb land and your... some
0: stero- and some human yeah, growth hormone. <laughs> That's their new ad campaign, <laughs>
1: candy man, don't be such a puss, <laughs> yes,
0: just Carl Weathers like pounding his fist through the table and breaking the board and spitting half. all over. I'm trying to <laughs> been real quiet on Mike the last month. Did you and... just start salivating
1: when I said Carl Weathers <laughs> no candy oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the S uh, because we liked this movie. Or let's land, because you're white. It. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said,
0: or land, because you're
1: white. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey landowners are hey, the only trustworthy we, we people. We take it all world. in stride. Yeah. Okay, let's, so this is It Follows from 2014. It was written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. It stars uh, Micah Monroe. Micah? Is that how you say her name? Did you look that up at all? M a i k a, Micah. Yeah, I'm going to go right? with Micah. Yeah, Micah, Micah Monroe, Kier Gilchrist, and Daniel Zavato—three names I've never said before, <laughs> nor will ever say again. Uh, financials, budget: one point three million. Box office: twenty three point three. That's a smash hit. It's a fucking hit. A uh, worldwide smash. Uh, let's do Nan some, and then we'll get into some spoilers. More than we already have. Jamie J. Height has a new boyfriend, Hugh. He's handsome, funny, and easygoing. And on their second date, they have sex in Hugh's car. And then Jay learns something new about Hugh. He's cursed with a spectral entity that is in constant pursuit. And the only way to stop it is to pass the curse on through sexual intercourse. He tells Jay that this being can look like whomever it wants, anything that will help it get closer to its target. So Jay enlists the help of her sister and friends to protect her, and when that seems futile, Jay must make a decision, either pass the curse along to another victim or try and stop her pursuer once and for all, because no matter where she goes, it follows.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, you gotta love anything that like gives somebody an absolutely one hundred percent correct reasoning for say, like, look, there is no other way out than for us to have sex right, right. now. <laughs> Like that is the only answer. If I die, it's on you. Right? Yeah. Um. Yes. The speaking of sex, because we might as well just jump right into that. Um. And I am. I am. I. I just watched this movie. I'm coming in hot. I'm ready to shoot. You just got to tell me where. <laughs> um. I. I literally did a, like a reverse of my normal process, which is watching the movie again and then researching it. So. Right. Uh, the way that my timing worked out I had to research it first and then watch it right before we started recording right now and the one thing that I can say assuredly is that while this movie on the surface deals with a lot with sex and while somebody might say you know gosh that's a metaphor for whatever it may be it may be they say it's a metaphor for uh, scratching the surface would be like stds yeah. um maybe even and I'm I'm not making light of this some people I've read have said Sexual abuse, uh, or or something like that. I think this movie, while it uses sex clearly as a vessel for its yeah. message, I think that it's a much broader and completely non sexual uh, aim that it's going for. Okay, but let's talk. But before I get into that, I'm just gonna, I thought one
1: of my sexual yeah. aims that I picked up on just because our protagonist was a female. Yeah was this was the stigma of that we put on women of who they sleep with like that follows them around a guy can have sex with whoever but a woman it's like oh you've had sex with this person this person this person like like the 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 kids say body count these days that's your body count yeah, but yeah. how many people you've slept with? you know but that's been forever where A guy sleeps with a lot of people. Wow, what a hero, what a stud. A woman sleeps with a lot of people. What a trashy whore. Meanwhile. So her having sex with that guy, now that follows her forever. Right. No, I could see that.
0: I could see that. Also, Jeffrey Dahmer has body counts two ways then, like (laughs) literally. (laughs) Um, But no, I could see that. And I think that there is something to that. And I I, I am not going to fight you on that because. Uh,
1: That was just like a little. I know that there was. I wasn't like, oh, that's the one yeah. metaphor he's going for. No, that was I was just like, oh, you could view it that way too.
0: Well, let me go ahead and start by ruining everybody's good time. Um, everybody the legions of folks listening to this show right now are all of those people who followed our hashtag of it follows and they are geared up. They have spent years watching the movie over and over and dissecting it, and they think they've got it all figured out, and they think they've got all the metaphors for it. Let me just crash those walls <laughs> down all around you. Um, The writer, the writer who, without him, we would have none of this, right? said that it was born of a time period where he was a younger kid and his parents were going through a divorce, and he was having a recurring nightmare of being followed by something. Yeah. At that point, it has nothing to do with sex. It has to do with the fact that you have a kid who's got anxiety because his parents are splitting up and he's having these dreams of something following him. And it was it was recurring. It was very affecting to him. And, you know, he doesn't do much in. There's not a whole lot out there about how he got started. His very first film was financed for thirty thousand dollars. It didn't take much um, to just to get that going. This one, he knew it needed a a bigger budget. But what he also knew was that if you just say this premise, (laughs) it kind of sounds like crap. Like, it just sounds like either pompous or heavy-handed or goofy or whatever it may be. So he just went ahead and wrote it. And then he came up with what's called a lookbook. And a lookbook is something that is used when you're pitching a movie to say, like, Anything you want to say? Here's like the color swatches that we're thinking of. Here are some casting ideas that we have. Here's some location ideas. Here's the basic plot. Here's like I'm trying to kind of give you a picture book of this movie. Yeah. So they had a really good look book. They had a really good script, and so that's how they were able to secure their financing. And and while a million dollars or million and six or whatever it was is is hardly a budget. When you're used to $30,000, it's all the money in the world. <laughs> right. And obviously, they didn't need to make a lot to uh, to make this movie. They just needed a, a, a zoom lens. <laughs> so, um, which is, there's more than that, but it's it's great. But But here's the thing. The one thing that the director keeps coming back to, and I read multiple interviews and critique of this movie. The one thing that he keeps coming back to is that this is a nightmare movie. Uh-huh. It's he didn't set out to make it a metaphor or a sex thing. The sex thing was just because he liked the idea of transferring something from one person to another, yeah. And that was the easiest physical way to do it, yeah. And to like make
1: characters sort of
0: intimate with each other, yeah. There's a lot
1: uh, invested, yeah, when you're intimate like that, sure.
0: And that, if it so, were a
1: handshake, it'd be it'd be a dumb movie. Exactly. I have a, a friend. You who's, gotta find someone else's hand that you can shake.
0: I have a friend who's Brazilian, and he said that sex in Brazil is just like a handshake. <laughs> really? Like it's just it's just that casual. But when yeah. everybody's well, that yeah, when beautiful, you look like that. Yeah. yeah why wouldn't you? So uh and didn't we didn't our comedy group even have a bit where like a place where like the handshake was two guys going up to each other and grabbing their packages? Uh
1: probably. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Wow, did we have some I, sort of gay joke I, in our comedy group? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there yeah, was a, made for a little bit of our uh, <laughs> like n- n- between
0: 95 and 99% of our jokes, yes. <laughs> um but they were funny. Um but yeah, so so that's the thing. So it, it, he's coming right out and saying that a couple of really important things. Number one, that it's meant to be a nightmare that you can't escape from. That was his main goal. It wasn't even really about And He's come right out and said, like, kind of tail between his legs. Like, God, I wish I would have thought of all this stuff <laughs> right. that I'm being you know, credited for. But um, it really was just about like pitting teenagers in a situation that they cannot get out of. Yeah. And what furthers that, because we might as well get right into the fun stuff with your rules. There's a whole lot of, I'll get into like other life shit later, not my life, but just my views on, on this and what I think it's really aiming at. But let's talk about those loopholes. Yeah. Now I'm going to lead you with this and then I'm going to just let you go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What he says smart on his part. When this movie displays its rules for what's happening, yeah, they are not told from some like mystic source. No, they're not told from some scientist who's crazy and into chaos theory and all that stuff. They're relayed by just a regular dude who is experiencing it himself. But is his information good? Did he get told anything? He's just kind of trying to like relay what he knows. So maybe some of it's right. Maybe some of it's wrong. But it's all we've got to go with.
1: All right. Well, that will tamp down some of my criticism. I can't accept that. I also don't know if he didn't learn it from someone. Because he had to know about it somehow, right? Or else he'd be dead. Yeah, he. If had, the person who gave it to him didn't tell him about it, and maybe didn't have their own perceptions of what's going on, the oh,
0: you're right. The only way that he would have stumbled upon, if nobody told him anything, was that he has sex with somebody, and then he has sex with someone else. That person ends up dead right right because they didn't know the rules somehow he must have banged somebody fast enough
1: yeah but once he bangs the person whoever he bangs after it doesn't matter right unless the person he's banged dies before he can bang the new person. exactly
0: exactly should we lay that out for people that don't i mean it's it takes two seconds
1: yeah it's just yeah it's a it's a singular line it's not like a disease necessarily where i have it now i can spread it to people it's like an apple. I'm like, when I have sex with you, I hand you an apple. Uh, I've already had the apple, so like you can't give it back to me. You can only give the apple to someone else. And in this movie, you give it to them by having sex.
0: And if if the bad thing gets you before you're able to shoot it off to somebody else, then it comes back to me again. Basically,
1: the the force... It's like a queue, like a line. If you're at the front of the line, you die, and then it goes to whoever was next in line.
0: The easiest way to look at it is the evil force in this is always looking to get back to the origin, but it has to go in sequence from who had it last. So the thing is, it's... I mean, it doesn't come right out and say that, and furthermore, the director said... When asked the question, he's like, I didn't want to get into origin anything. <laughs> right. He's like, because origin makes it real. I, even if they find out that it has some magical source, that still is something tangible. And it takes away from the nightmare element. And the nightmare element is that when you're in a nightmare, you're sort of aware of some things, but you're also things are just happening to you. Yeah. And you just go with it. Yeah. And what um, oh, I'm going to stop myself there and let you go with <laughs> the uh, with the loopholes because. There's a Well, lot. and
1: now that I'm thinking about, well, of the writer being like, well, you know, we really just have like this one guy and what, you know, what does he know? It's like, well, you're the writer, you know, well, and so that's the information that you present to me has to have some importance. You can't just be like, well, actually, my characters can do whatever the fuck they want because there's no written rules for them. Right. And now I'm not afraid of them at all. Well, but, but you, you kind of, well, why do I care about, you know, you sort of
0: took the words out of his mouth. He was <laughs> like, look, it's not me anymore. I put the knowledge into an, uh, an unstable narrator. And if he's got it right, then cool. If he knows part of it, but not all of it. Well, yeah, I how do I know that? Because he doesn't know. Yeah. So it, it
1: is a right. tricky. I have to establish. Okay. I think this movie is awesome. Fuck yes. It's awesome. It is gorgeous. Yeah. It's so beautifully shot. Uh I love the pacing of it. I love the performances in it. I love I love everything about it, except their ham handed rules and how they how consistent their rules are. Really like and 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 there are only a few like instances. You know, there there aren't a lot of uh just like I <laughs> you're really going to the bathroom already? <laughs> God damn. Okay. Uh let me just get through some of the weirder inconsistencies because the premise that the, is set up is that this thing follows you. It doesn't stop. It is Constantly coming at you it doesn't sit down to rest, it doesn't need to eat. it doesn't do anything. it just follows you in order to kill you now, there are a number of moments in this movie where the entity or the being or the the follower stops following uh and and also um so are you know the Hugh who's who sets up our loose rules. Is like the, the the rules Hugh sets up are it's it's always going to come after you no matter where you are it can look like anyone it wants uh it it will it's it's uh it's slow but it's not dumb so it has problem solving skills which we do see later like there's a locked door it throws a rock through a window and climbs through the window yeah so it's not like a it seems to have physical limitations, right? Like doors can stop it. Uh it has it has a physical presence but it's uh see-through unless you are cursed. So the people who aren't affected by the curse can touch it, manipulate it, see it with a sheet over it, like Charlie Brown's Christmas uh Halloween costume. Yeah. Uh, but they cannot see it in its raw state, right? In its chameleon form or whatever. Sure. But there are a few times. There's one time um, they're pulling away from a house, and it's just it's standing on the roof. A. Why is it just standing? Why is it not walking toward her? B. Why is it on the roof? At what point was that an advantageous way to get to her? Uh, how did it get up on the roof? Because it doesn't seem to be a thing that blips into existence. Like, if it's always walking at you, it's always there, right? So it's like, at some point, it got to her house and climbed up to the roof and just stood there watch, watching. Sure. I guess, it. you know, sometimes it will stop if it gets to a locked door or something. But I don't know. There's no reason for it to be on the roof. Um, there's a part where... It gets very close to her. It actually grabs her hair. This part, I'm like, like there's so many opportunities where it would have been like, oh, game over. But like, because we, we do see it kill, because she spreads it to one of her friends, like an ex-boyfriend. And he's like, let me take, let me take this burden from you. The real chivalrous hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me fuck you in the hospital and take this carrier burden. Uh, he dies, but like he opens his bedroom door and the thing pounces on him immediately. Right. Like it hesitates for like a second so that we can see some titty. Uh, but when this thing before that, it approaches her at the beach and like picks her hair up like it's sniffing her hair or something. To, and it's taking so long where everyone is like, whoa, what's going on with your hair? Like people have time to react to it. So it doesn't kill her immediately. There, then even then, it like they hide in a barn, right? And it busts the door of the barn, and then someone like uh, the her ex boyfriend. This is before he's died. Like sticks his head, and he's like, "What are you guys doing? Did you guys break this door?" They're like, "No," and then he leaves, and then the thing starts coming through the door. Like, where the fuck did it go? After it broke the door, why wasn't it trying to get in the wouldn't it still be this constant traveling path to order? You know what I mean? Sure. So there's just these very convenient moments where it stops doing the thing, the one thing it does.
0: Yeah. And, and there's some great questions in there, too. Uh, and I'm going to join you on this journey. You know, usually I'm defending everything, but I you, you bring up some interesting points. Here's another thing.
1: And those don't detract from the enjoyment of the movie. No, no. They yeah. detract from my enjoyment of just the world that they've built or the the the, the threat that they're under. Sure.
0: And tr- trust me, it's brought up in nearly every interview that this director does about the rules. Okay. And, and all that. So it's it's an issue. <laughs> okay. My question is, and I know that a lot of this is just for cinematic effect, but my question is, when it is taking on the image of whoever it is, when we see it in its physical form or when it's presenting itself to the person that it's, it's stalking that we'll get this out of the way first. That's not the physical form of that person, right? It's not like it, like that person if they exist in real life, like gets possessed by it. Right.
1: No, they just look like, they it.
0: just look like it. Yeah. Okay. So, so that takes care of some things. The other thing is, is that I guess what we have to do is just picture an invisible thing walking and maybe can it walk? It's it almost goes back to what we were talking about last week with is, does matter exist if nobody's seeing it? <laughs> right. So it, when this thing is walking, down the road yeah to whoever it's hunting and they're not seeing it it's just does it an, have a form it has no it would have no form yeah but yeah. have no form great question okay and then when it does approach the person you would think that it would pick a specific form that would cripple that person with fear so
1: why would it choose somebody or bring them guard down right. I or, would say or if yes. you're smart that's another one of my things and OK, this is one of the rules we get from Hugh where he's like, it can look like anyone, you know, you know, it will do anything it can to get close to you. So and that it
0: some tea thinks that it actually tries to hurt you by looking like somebody that, you know.
1: Right. So. But not why? All the time. Yeah. But why in some of these instances? Because the first time. Uh, um, What's the girl's name? when she's staying at her friend's house, you know, and this is like the first time outside of like her initial introduction or whatever. It's where she's hiding out. She's finally hiding out. She's like, this thing might actually be after me. I'm hiding out. And a window gets broken and she goes into the kitchen and there, you know, there it is. And it's like a slow-mo scene, but it's like walking toward her. But it's like it looks like someone that just got dredged out of a lake. Yeah, right? So scary, yeah. But wouldn't it look like something more familiar to her? Maybe the dude that was just in the room with her. Sure. So that she would let her guard down, not give her a reason to get the fuck out of that room.
0: Well, and isn't it's not like that's new. Like, I mean, when we see possession movies, that's like that's like low-hanging fruit, right? You go it, it it takes the the visage of somebody who is right there in the moment. Yeah. It should look like her friend knocking on the door and saying, let me in, guys. Yeah. That would be the smartest thing. Yeah. Other than like some rando tall dude, creepy as he is, like if you really wanted to get at her, why wouldn't you look like somebody that they would trust to let in? Yeah. Right. So when
1: I see the scary looking version. Sure. Yes. Scary. Yeah. But in the context of what I think is going on, confusing. Sure. Um, So, oh, my God, I've got to, like,
0: restrain myself. (laughs) There's, like, three different topics that I want to get on. But we're going to start slow. Um, And we'll get back to some of those rules because you can't can't escape them. I really only have one more issue. But it's the very end, so we can wait. Okay. We can wait. So you were saying something earlier, and I'm with you 100,000% about liking this movie. And that is that it's not just the text. It's not just the story. It's the, and I know this word gets overused now, but the aesthetics of this movie. Yeah. Wonderful. Especially if you're our age and you grew up with IFC in its its golden age, and just that kind of ramping up of independent film in the 90s. This has that sort of ultra natural, it uses wide lenses, just about (laughs) as good as anybody since Kubrick. And so what you do is you always have a sense of where you are. There's never, I mean, not to say that there aren't some close-ups, but there you always know where you are and That's kind of a tricky thing in and of itself, because as the movie goes on, you start looking in the perimeters of the frame around the edges. Like, is somebody going to come from here or there? And you, this movie has you exploring the entire frame of a movie more than any film
1: ever. Yeah. You are glued to the background (laughs) right? (laughs) in in nearly every scene, (laughs) which doesn't sound like a compliment, but it is. Um, So
0: there's that. There's also this sort of, um, kind of out of place in time element here. And this goes back to, this is uh, more from what would be like the art department going back to what the director is pushing about a nightmare, right? It's all over the place. First of all, when I was a kid and to this day, I still refer to that time of day where you walk outside and everything looks like a dream sequence. Yeah. And what color is it? Blue. Yeah, I call it blue time. That's what I used to call it when I was a little kid.
1: Oh, and it's it's that sort of actually called the violet hour or
0: violet hour. Okay, that's prettier, I guess. Blue time, Eh, fucking blue time. Yeah,
1: but Uh, if you didn't know about if you were you know you weren't a poet when you were a small child. Yeah, right. uh, witty,
0: uh, yeah, but uh, not yeah, not, not. I hadn't like you know yeah, dialed I became in. Became a poet later. Yeah. Um, so blue time, and <laughs> if you notice, there is a lot of blue in this movie. The cars, the clothes, there is blue all over the place, and there's no denying that that is the go to color for like a wash for dream sequences in, yeah. in television, movies, and everything. So, um, so that's standing out. But what I was saying about out of place in time. Obviously, we're in an era where there are there's cell phone technology, but he didn't want to pick any particular model that would get aged over time. Yeah, the shell phone.
1: But is that a phone? Yeah. Does she use it as a phone? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You see like uh, like uh, text on it. Yeah, but she's reading a book. That seems to be the only thing it is. Well, she never uses it for anything else.
0: It is. Well, they said they described it as a shell phone because the problem is is that the director has been inundated with requests for the shell phone (laughs) and where they got one. Well,
1: Yeah, I think people see that and just associate it with like a flip phone, but they never use it as a phone or a smart or a smart device. It is only used to read that book. She's reading and as a flashlight yes
0: yeah but um either way there is like handheld technology yeah yeah Yeah. so there is that but yet on the inside of jay and kelly's house kelly is jay's younger sister on the inside of their house it, it feels very much like when you and i grew up yeah like that late 70s early 80s vibe there's an old tv on top of our new
1: tv on top of the old tv yeah um and so yeah that new tv is still kind of like black and white right. everything they watch is like from the 50s. Yes.
0: So that is the Oh my god, he does it so good. I has I'm going to say something and I might get struck by lightning as soon as I say it. This director, now granted he's standing on the the shoulders of of giants, but um might actually even handle Dream Presentation with more finesse than Wes Craven. No. Oh. I mean because all of this stuff, when you really start to get an eye for it, it's all dreamy. Like, those choices of, you know, the clothes look modern, but the cars are old. Yeah. And the furniture is old, but somebody has a handheld oh, shelf like yeah the, it's Like, the, things
1: are out of place, and you're just kind of pulling for random things that you know about. Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, but look... All the cars are super cool in this movie, too. But
0: look at that. If you If you just describe... And actually, when I wrote down this, this uh, sequence in the movie, does this sound like I'm trying to relate a dream to you? Um, so, okay. So I was in school and like the, the professor was reciting this weird poem. And then the next thing I know, I was eating ice cream at my sister's (laughs) job. And then, um, we were like, uh, uh then this one guy who's like friends with us actually was spending the like he spent the night there and he <laughs> slept on the couch, which is weird. So if you watch this movie, obviously, it doesn't jump out as weird because we're in this like hectic situation. Yeah. But the way that it lays out is total dream logic. Yeah. It oh, feels that, like a dream if you really watch it and you're like. Oh my God, this is that he's nailing this dream thing, but in the most subtle way, not doing the like, you know, like fuzzy around the edges, like, Ooh, this is a dream. (laughs) Right. But the whole thing now,
1: I did think it was weird when they started doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. While they're banging.
0: Um, I gotta say though, the, the rhythmic movements of the sex in this movie, they make it look good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyways, let me just say that it's I want to be clear about this. The director isn't trying to say that the whole movie is, in fact, a dream. He's not he's not trying to say right. that it, somebody hit their head and they're having a dream. Yeah, that old trope. But
1: it's a nightmare.
0: Yeah. But he's saying rather than like kids running around from a masked man who if they chop them or they destroy the magic crystal or this, that or whatever, that it ends this Never ends just the way like you never rarely. I don't know. Do you ever get in a nightmare that just fully resolves itself and then you wake up? <laughs> right. Doesn't work that way. So now let's go ahead and just stumble on to what this movie is actually about.
1: Okay. It's not
0: about sex. The
1: French Renaissance. <laughs> right. Robespierre. <laughs>
0: um Yeah. No, it is. uh it, it, this is this is going to sound like such a downer, but it's not. This movie is about the loss of innocence. It is it 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 it, it clues you in so many times that it almost becomes blatant if you know what to look for. Throughout this movie, there are several instances where we see, you know, children playing one character in the beginning even talks about how if he could trade places with anybody in a room, he would trade places with this child who's just having a great time and so happy. What this movie is about is I read I read a review that said um, and I thought Roger Ebert wrote it himself, but it's one of the, the writers that contribute to him now that he's passed away. But they wrote, how did they, they say it? Uh, they said it like um, you reach a certain age in adolescence where there is uh, a sort of down feeling uh, where that innocence and happiness of childhood goes away and never, ever returns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and it's true. This You and I have talked about this before. It's like that day that you realize that the mailman didn't wake up one day as a kid and say, I'm going to be a mailman <laughs> and be happy for the rest of my life. I hear they do well. That's fine. It's nothing against that profession. But what I'm saying is, you know, when or as this writer went through, when your parents get divorced. Yeah. And this shit does happen. Like, I'm, I'm not going to dwell on this, but I've seen the effects of divorce. I've seen. Uh, a child who was like nothing but just light and brightness and sweetness. And while they maintained uh, a beautiful and amazing personality that there was an undeniable change uh, where a light went out that was there. And um, that person, you know, we all go through that. That's, I'm not trying to tell a sad story. I'm saying we all go through that, that passing through the veil where we realize that, you know, maybe uh, the policeman didn't always want to be a policeman and the teacher didn't always want to be a teacher. And my parents got divorced and my dad loses his job and we have no money or whatever. When that, that hopefully you had a good childhood somewhere (laughs) along the way, when that passes away and you are left with the reality of adult life, yeah that that's what this movie is about. And yes, that's true. It never stops. It never stops. Now your, your goal is to learn how to deal with that, which uh, circles back around to your question <laughs> earlier, but I saw a, a renowned psychologist talking about this. And he was saying that the most, almost most powerful or real thing in the world is pain. And the, and it's not like he was the first to say that that goes all the way back <laughs> to the Buddhists where they say life is suffering, but pain is the most real thing if I, if you're sad and i and you don't want to show me that you're sad you can you can hop around you can put a smile on your face or whatever if somebody smashes a sledgehammer against your kneecaps you can't argue your way out of that <laughs> right. that pain that suffering is real and they even talk in this movie there's even a segment about like the uh, the inevitability of death yeah. right um so there's all this talk in this movie about the fact that life is constantly filled with obstacles and pain. The only way to transcend that, the only thing that's more powerful than pain is, is just sort of ridiculous, like armchair psychologist, as it sounds is love. There are, are times in our lives where we go through pain, where we feel like we have nothing left to give. And the only thing that pushes us to go past what we feel like we can't handle is love, whether it's of a child or being there for somebody who really needs you. That's the only more powerful thing. So, and it also elevates you from this world. Like this kind of plays into the sex thing a little bit. Like, you know, when you are in love, there are literal chemicals inside of your body that are firing that make you feel good. Right. And so that I think is a great, choice of metaphor then to go with sex because it is this sort of escape from the thing that is hurting you so that's this horrible cycle in this movie it's kind of like life like yes you get to be born but life is also full of challenges so you get one of two things either cosmically you never exist (laughs) or you exist and you live a life full of pain yeah but it's how you offset that in the meantime and how you deal with that and how you accept that that's what the meaning of life is with the realization that it's never going to get better because we've all had those times where it's like you think back to a certain time and you're like god Why can't I get like, I used to be so confident or my, everybody used to like me so much. It feels like people don't like me as much as they used to. And you just, you, you romanticize these pasts that you think were free of pain. And it never was, right? It never was. You're just forgetting those parts. So, so that's what this movie is about is the fact that as you make that break from childhood into adolescence, that a veil is lifted and that you are, it's the harsh realities of the world. Not to say that there isn't happiness in there, but it's never as easy as when you're four yeah. or five. No. So that's what For it's For most about. people. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> Sorry
1: to those four-year-olds. Are you right? Yeah, it's not it to say rough. that
0: everybody's had like a perfect <laughs> zero to four, right. like there's some tragedy. Odds are though. Yeah. Odds are. So that's okay. So I'm going to get off the downer heavy stuff now, but that's what, what, folks most folks are saying that this is really about is just dealing with the fact that not everything is is perfect yeah and i don't know but here's the thing this is a a strong point somebody out there who just like literally just like their their arms just fell down by their side and their head just slunk and they were ready to email us with 15 pages of explanation of this movie right in whatever metaphor they thought of it doesn't mean that that's not valid think about it this way have you ever interpreted um the meaning or feeling of an instrumental song
1: before yeah
0: there's, sure. There's literally no words there. Right. There's, there's nothing to guide you, but it's just music. But you're feeling whether it's a narrative in your head or a, a set of feelings that you have. So just because this is laying something out doesn't mean that your interpretation is wrong. Yeah. How could your interpretation of a, of
1: a, an instrumental be wrong? Yeah. It's impossible.
0: Same thing with this movie.
1: So if you do believe, sometimes when I listen to the Firebird Suite, and they get to that dun 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 dun, like I interpret that that's just like a like a chef breaking health code violations. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of people are like, no, it's about a giant Firebird. Wrong. <laughs> right. So a, a restaurant called the Firebird. Okay, and this is its story. No. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, like yeah. you were right. You can interpret it. Yeah. Like, uh, is what I said wrong? No. No.
0: No, absolutely not. And nothing that anybody else says about this movie is wrong. Because, look, how can you not say that this movie might have something to do with the consequences of casual sex? Right. You'd it'd be, it'd be ridiculous to say that it has nothing to do with well, that. Yeah,
1: because there are a lot of moments in this movie that do. Literally deal with like the human interactions and the and and our responses to having sex with someone, knowing someone had sex with someone else. Like, there is kind of a nice little, uh, I guess triangle we could say, sure, but you know, because you have the 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 neighbor bud, and then there's the one dude who's like friends with the girls, yeah, right? Uh, he hangs out with like the girls all the time and he obviously is into jay and but he knows that like the neighbor guy what well, what's his name i don't remember now greg greg god you know all the names <laughs> greg like he knows she passed it on to greg and there's a a point where he's like y- I, you know i could i could uh, it's a real incel vibe from him like yeah oh for sure I'm I'm doing a nice thing. I'll I'll yeah, I'll do you a favor and have sex with you. Yeah. Like I'd take that. I like you, so let me do that for you. Yeah. But he's is still like why why the fuck that guy? Like right. why him? And, and and maybe maybe that is a little bit
0: of a comment on like the things that we will that we'll do for love. The things that will set logic aside for and and put ourselves through pain just to get that love yeah so you're right and i and for me to just like sit here and pontificate about pain and suffering and all that stuff i don't want to take away from everything that you just said because there's some great character stuff here Yeah,
1: and even that part we were talking about before i didn't even realize this is what was going on because there's a part where she is like kind of at the beach and hears a boat like people on a boat just off the shore yeah yeah. and like she starts going toward the boat there were also a couple moments where you know i had people coming in and i would chat to them real quick and this might be the transition i missed so maybe i missed something in that but i was just like the fuck was going on with that boat right uh but you explained to me no she went over to that boat to have sex. Yeah, with there's three around.
0: guys on there. Because when the next scene we see her, she's driving the car, she's soaking wet. So she swam all the way out to the boat, probably hopped on there and said, hey, who wants to
1: have a good time? Yeah,
0: which is sad. I mean, I'm not even right. I'm not even going to make fun of that. Yeah, like, not that is in terrible. the context
1: of her, like, doing that, just kind of this moment of like, I'm going to I'm going to make a bad decision right now. Right. Uh, and go have sex with some random people on a boat. Just go present myself. Right. Even if, even if there was no even persistent if, demon.
0: And she kind of knows that all it's going to do is buy her time because she's not going to sit there and explain it to her. <laughs> right. But yeah. at
1: least that other
0: thing and has to she kill, has sex kill those with all three.
1: Because she only had to have sex with the one
0: guy. Well, I, true. <laughs> true. But that's why. So I'm, are the other two. See, that's why I'm wondering a little bit about this whole. You and I were talking earlier about if there is any, and I'm not going to sit here and profess that there is because I'd have to go back and watch it three or four times to figure it out. But if there is any rhyme or reason to who presents itself as the thing, yeah, at, at any given and time, and what counts
1: as sex is it a Catholic ghost? Can I do, you and not good worry about question, it?
0: Question because God doesn't see that, yeah, yeah, good question,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's but, crazy. you know, that is, you know, what, how does, what is the, what is the trigger? Is it pure penetration? Do I have to ejaculate in you? It depends. it depends on what your definition
0: of is, is <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, no reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, things are out of place in time in this movie. <laughs> right. it, it, works. Yeah. it works. What year is it? <laughs> but no, you want to talk about, I mean, we've, we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times. I don't know how to describe these performances. It's it's like it's like uh it's not the most articulate thing, but you've heard people say like it's almost as if they weren't acting. Like nobody is really over the top in this. Everybody really fits who they're supposed to be and the dialogue comes out with that I don't know how they achieve this. Young people aren't really great about like Presenting themselves vocally, like, I'm going to get your attention. I'm going to keep your attention by, you know, projecting my voice and keeping the pace going and all that sort of thing. And 15, 16, 17 year olds don't talk like that. Yeah. And somehow they, they are just
1: text these days. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> on the
1: chat pants, on their, on their
0: seashell <laughs> phones. Yeah, right. Um. So, yeah. Why I, I guess you just can't do anything without that seashell, can you? But what is it about the seashell? Isn't it a seashell thing in um? What's that? Oh, Isn't that Devolition how they? Have, yeah, right. Well, it's
1: the three seashells in the bathroom is
0: how you have sex, right? No, or how no, you wipe your butt?
1: how. That well, you don't know. They never explain. They, they're just like should not have used the seashells. <laughs> right.
0: Same For thing Eve. people are saying in this yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if we got dropped into that universe, right. like you don't have to use a seashell. Um, so so but these performances are outstanding and there's no room there's no room for any falseness here think about what i just said about the wide shots here and it's not to say that there aren't close ups but i'm talking a wide shot where it's there you can't manufacture a performance by quick cuts and right. over the shoulder and like we did the scene 12 times so i'll just take this time when i was shooting over the person's shoulder or whatever like It's just naturalistic and you just buy it. And I can't even put my finger on why it's so magnetically watchable. Yeah. But it is.
1: Well, I think it, you know, it establishes its tone right away and never really deviates from it. And it's a good, good point. It's a good ominous feeling that just draws you in. And. You know, as slow as some of the scenes may be, nothing's ever really boring. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's certainly not a fast paced movie. And I mean, literally one person. Well, we have a death right at the very beginning. But as far as the established characters, we know one person dies. Mm -hmm. So not a lot of kills in this movie. No, not a lot of gore. No, just a lot of like walking and not Christopher. Right No. Um, yeah, like he's a ghost, yeah, follows you.
0: Imagine, like, if his walking pace matched his vocal pace, like, just like start, (laughs) stop, like, take him like forever to get anywhere. Like, you wish Christopher Walken is your it. Oh, god. Um, so here's the thing, um, there is some really, really unique styling here in some of these shots. I know we've we've talked about you know some of the wide angle and whatnot there's also a great use of this steady but slow zoom in that makes sense because it it it's the whole vibe of the movie right somebody's always approaching yeah, so they they really use this like consistent, steady, slow zoom in a lot of scenes it's great there's also a really neat thing, and i 'm going to try to articulate this as best as I can it's not done very often anymore. Um, I think it's the the most clearest place that I can think of it is the shining where there is a scene that seems to be of some importance. Maybe you're waiting for something big to happen or a jump scare, but it just sort of dissolves into the next scene without anything happening. Yeah. Like, you know, there'll be times where like, um, maybe it's when, uh, in the shining, when she's sitting at the table and talking with the doctor and, you know, it's kind of a tense, awkward situation, but it just sort of like, you know, uh, what's her name? Um, Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Kind of like says something and then like the screen just sort of goes into a soft dissolve and then we move into something else. Yeah. Without without any real resolution. And that's kind of an old trick because nowadays movies are like that, 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 that. It's a movie. (laughs) Like, I mean, constantly keeping your attention, constantly having to be in your face and lots of quick cuts and all that stuff. Um, But this movie is very patient. And it takes its time with its shots. And it takes its time with its scenes. And it's a risk. But how could you ever say that it's boring? You never could.
1: There are so many shots in this. Like after she has sex with Hugh the first time. And she's kind of like laying in the back seat of the car with the door open. And she's just kind of talking. I don't remember specifically what she's talking about. Oh, it's important. What she wants to do. The future. Oh, is it? Because remember, I but I wasn't really listening to what she was saying because I was like so wrapped up in like, it's just this overhead shot where she's just kind of playing like with a weed that's grown out mm-hmm. of the asphalt. But just like the lighting on it, the color of it, the composition of that shot is gorgeous. And I was just like kind of wrapped up in how the shadow fell of that weed and like the texture of the weed itself and. I don't know. I just, uh, that shot alone. So what was she talking about
0: there? She was telling a story saying that when she was a kid, she used to think about, daydream about when she would be older and she'd be riding around in cars with friends and didn't even know where they were going, but she was holding a really cute boy's hand. Wow. And she's like, now that we're old enough to do that, like... Where would we even go? (laughs) And that that is going back to what I'm fucking saying this whole movie is about. (laughs) It's it's the whole thing. And and that's repeated several times. But I'm not going to fault you. I think it's actually kind of beautiful that you didn't catch that because you're right. There's literally a scene of... I don't even know what it is. It's like an upward view of like the treetops and you see some sky and you see some trees. And I'm just like, that is fucking gorgeous. (laughs) Not because the trees are beautiful. Like most of the shot is pretty dark, but there's like a little bit of red, a little bit of black, a little bit of like purple in there. And the whole shot is gorgeous. And it's nothing but like a non well lit night sky. (laughs) Right. But you can't take your eyes out. It's like a painting. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah great great stuff even the i mean it it's the poster of the movie but just when they're having sex in the car just the shot of that car mm-hmm. uh how it's lit it just looks awesome
0: yeah one of the one of the best effortlessly best looking films i've ever watched yeah and it's and it's a simple palette it's a muted palette um you know there's not a lot of bright colors it's a lot of like they feel like more like washes of color as opposed to like bright shots of any given color it's all just kind of fading into each other it's shot in detroit completely um which was probably the cheapest <laughs> choice yeah. and also um also kind of showing that sort of stark reality like here's detroit and it's the city of the future and we're going to make cars here and the whole world is going to see the world because of what we make here. And now this is the reality of it. Yeah. So that's the whole movie really is a <laughs> metaphor. got
1: fucked pretty hard.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> God, is there another
1: city in this country that is just like, oh, shit. like something got fucked <laughs> up yeah, there. No, it really just seems like we abandoned a major metropolitan.
0: Yeah. To the point where it's like. Like normally they're maybe cities ebb and flow with their popularity, but nobody's like, you know what I'm going to do? Take 15 city blocks and turn it into a, like a zombie exhibit (laughs) a lives which is people have proposed before they were going to literally buy all these blocks of Detroit and turn it into like a live action,
1: like haunted house. Oh yeah. In the whole city. Like a full immersion fucking city. Like you are living in the walking dead. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: Which would fucking rule.
1: You go to the store, they chase you. I'll tell you what, I've been to Detroit before forage. You got to go loot the store. You don't even buy anything. (laughs) Yeah. You pay up front. It's all, all paid up and you got, just got to loot things. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Right. And, uh,
0: get there early, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I've been Well, to there's Detroit. You know, there is a delivery guy that comes through on a big spiked truck.
0: Right. You're allowed to tackle him and beat him and <laughs> take what he brought. Right, yeah. Um, I've been to Detroit. I'll tell you what. I and I, I, I'm i not saying this in jest. There were bums lining the street like they were waiting for a parade. Like, I mean, literally yeah. lining oh, so both sides of the street. San Francisco, street. Francisco now. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. And I have not been there. Um, but yeah, then I went to, um, that was the closest There's I ever a place saw. place I want to defend. What a sh-
1: shit. hole
0: oh. is San Diego.
1: No, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's
1: bad. I mean, there are some parts that are great and some parts that are beyond anything I could have ever imagined.
0: So it wouldn't really work for a setting for like full house now, <laughs> no. just full tent. Just Danny walking in, like, having been mugged, just <laughs> bleeding from, like, his ears. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> right.
0: Three bum fights on my way here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's. Uh, that's a Do you ever watch Full House? Yeah, of course. I did not watch it when it was on because I was far too cool for
1: school. Well, yeah. I've now seen every we fucking episode. We were kind of old when that show came on. I I, mean, yeah, that's 90210. Yeah, did I, day. like. Spend my Friday nights watching it, maybe.
0: Oh my God! Wow! Yes, I'll tell you what. We were talking a handful of weeks ago, and I I posed that question about like who would you resurrect the career of if you could, yeah. or like give him some. I'll tell you what, John Stamos in uh-huh. those scenes, and they're few and far between, but those scenes where he's actually like reflecting on his sister, like his their their mom, yeah. That guy nails that emotion fucking beautifully. Like John Stamos is a legitimately talented dude. Yeah. Um, He even did. There was an episode where he was. um, I mean, there was a lot of Elvis stuff, but where it was like a full presentation of him doing like a medley of Elvis songs Uh and the whole dancing and singing.
1: He was fantastic. Well, yeah. I mean, he was a singer before he. Did this right? Yeah. He was yeah. a
0: musician before. Yeah, and he put, yeah he's the drummer for the Beach Boys actually. Uh, now yeah yeah, um, but uh, yeah, great show. Yeah, I've seen every episode at least six times.
1: We had a uh, this was after you dropped out, but we made up a drinking game in college for Full House because it was like there were like three episodes in <laughs> syndication, like in like the late afternoon. So can it was I guess like-
0: what? Can I guess when you drink? <laughs> oh
1: uh, yeah
0: when there is a bowwinkle impersonation sure okay um maybe when danny talks about cleaning anything uh, yes probably um how about when uh, have mercy have mercy how rude yeah oh yeah
1: and then uh also our my, our freshman year uh kareem abdul jabbar jr went to our school lived on our floor you didn't really get to know him? No. Because you dropped out pretty quick. Yeah. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the five times I dropped out of college. <laughs> right. Yes. But, man, lightning speed. And it was great because we had gotten busted for having people in our room after hours, and you had to go to, like, the disciplinary council and yep. plead your case. And you were like, ah, I'm dropping out anyway. Fuck it.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, like, were laying out, like, you're going to do this many hours of behavioral therapy, and you're going to do this and that. And I'm like... Or I just quit. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, got this big look on their face. Like their eyes got really white. And I just got up and walked out of the room. But uh,
1: like, after you left, yeah. I actually got to know uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Jr. Very well. Like he was probably one of my better friends. Him and Slayer were that's my cool. two best yeah. friends. Yeah, that's Go awesome. In. Yeah. Um, before our friend John moved in with me. Listener to the show. What's up, uh, John? Um, but yes, that was he was. His dad, Kareem, was on an episode and that was just there was one rule. That episode's on. Drink as much as you can as fast as you can. Like, <laughs> that's all awesome. all rolls out the window, just get shit faced when it's the Kareem episode.
0: Oh, that's great. You know who my favorite was on that whole show? And I'm I'm Jimmy not Gibbler. even joking. Well, she's great. Yeah. Um although that poor girl was destining herself for a Botox from the very beginning. <laughs> Remember, she always had those eyebrows up oh, yeah. and those eyebrow wrinkles. Stephanie when when yeah, you yeah. get a young Stephanie before she hits that, like middle school years, that little kid could nail comedic lines beautifully. I agree. Oh, God. She was she was legitimately hilarious. Yeah, it's a good show. I mean, yeah. There's
1: a reason it was so popular.
0: And it's kind of funny towards the end of the run like that. You can tell everybody's getting a little loose with stuff. <laughs> yeah. And they're just fucking around at that point. And it's <laughs> it's kind of fun. How long did we just talk
1: about full house for <laughs> <laughs> too long? Yes. Let's talk about the end on how, uh, what here's my last kind of complaint with how this happens. Okay. Uh, Cause we've kind of a step, you know, they've tried shooting this thing before, right? Yeah. Doesn't stop it. Okay. Uh, so now our, our big, our big scene at the end, they've uh, gone into the pool. There's a pool. There are a couple pools in this movie. She loves the pool, but they go to like a big like gymnasium pool. Line it with electrical equipment like TVs, microwaves, irons, hair dryers, or whatever. The idea being, get the thing in the pool, push all the things, in, maybe we can electrocute it or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so Jay's in the pool. She's like, "Oh my god, it's here," which is so. It's kind of cool. We never see it enter. We don't see it when she says that. Mm-hmm. And it is this weird just everyone's just kind of sitting there waiting like no one's doing anything. And then she's just like, oh, here it is right here. It's yeah. looking at me. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Instead of getting in the water, this thing just starts picking these things up and fucking chucking them at yes, her. Yes. And nailing her. Great aim. Deadly precision. <laughs> yes. And like I'm t- like she gets hit with like a microwave and like an iron. Like it's a cartoon. It looks like it hurts. Yeah, oh yeah. She's bleeding in the water. Yeah. Uh uh the the kid from the Paul. autism show, Paul. Uh he he's like he grabs the gun and it's kind of funny. He's like, Where is he? Where is he? Uh and he's just like shooting wildly. Twice in this movie as people are just shooting blindly. Someone is standing directly in line with him. <laughs> Twice right. that happens. Get the fuck out of the way, people. He accidentally clips the seashell uh, book reader girl, who I'm sure also has a name. It is uh, Yara. Yara, right. Okay. I don't know why I'm like detailing all this. It's not too important. What happens? They finally like throw a sheet over this thing smartest thing they did the yeah whole, yeah so now you can see where it's going uh it gets pushed in the water or no he shoots it in the head mm-hmm. shoots it in the head it like pitches into the water uh so now Jay is going to get out she's almost to the edge boom something's grabbed her drags her down uh the thing's still alive now it's holding on to her uh what was what was the guy's name Paul? Paul. <laughs> Paul's now just blindly shooting into the water. Two shots miss everyone. Third shot, boop, pips that thing right in the head. And it, like, goes limp and, like, sinks down to the bottom. Now, yes, there's no, like, body that's recovered. And she looks in the pool, and it's just, like, kind of full of blood. Uh, So we don't really know if it's dead, but like a bullet can like pretty much put it out of commission. I don't know that that bugs me a lot where it can be shot in the head one time. Yeah, fine. Nothing happens two times too much for this ghost. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, it's the only way to leave it open ended, I guess. Cause there is, we The the very last shot is now she and Paul have kind of gotten together. Yeah. And then they're walking down the street, and we see someone walking behind them. Yes. Any, so now anytime you see someone just walking, it's sus. They yes. They are sus. Yes. Um, but, you know, then it's like, well, did it need to recuperate? Is it now just always following them at a distance is it about to catch up with are they both about to die in 5 seconds sure where where has it been this whole time why is it not following now it is well and
0: that's that's the thing like i think that that goes back to what he was aiming for which is i don't want resolution right i i mean what i said earlier like nightmares or even dreams, for that matter, of any kind, rarely resolve themselves before waking up. Yeah. So he just – he didn't want to put a pretty ending on it. He's, I mean, I'm fine with no resolution. And the idea of the, the the bigger picture stuff that I was talking about that, you know, life's struggles never – you don't you never hit that pocket that you think you're going to hit. Yeah. Where it's like, if I just – if I lose weight, if I manage my money, if I do this, it, then everything's going to be great. You never get there. Right. Um, so that's kind of where he's going with it. So who knows now? I know that's a little frustrating because it's like when something's wrapped that loosely,
1: then it should be just a thing where they're like, I mean, you can have it. I don't know. Is it a resolution if they're like, well, we can't kill it. We just always have to be on the move. It it might be. Is that a resolution or I'm fine with that ending. It might be better if
0: like maybe the very ending, they kind of do like a clockwork thing and it goes back to Hugh and he's just like having the time of his life. (laughs) Like,
1: yes,
0: it can be beaten. You know, he's just like in a ball pit at like celebration station or whatever, just having a great time. That's hilarious. You can, yeah, you can beat it. It's not easy, right? But you can beat it. But yeah, I don't know for, for what we have. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's hard to tell somebody, how to watch a movie and, and not here's the thing though. I think you made the strongest point earlier uh, towards the beginning of this episode, which is anything, any of the holes that we've mentioned or anything like that. If you watch this movie without looking for anything or trying to aim for anything or trying to solve anything and different things are coming at you. And even if you're questioning those things like you were throughout watching it, yeah. um, None of it takes away from the quality of the experience. No, not it, at all. It is it is an enjoyable film watching horror experience. So much so that it 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 makes me proud of. And now I know you've seen Pearl. I you mentioned it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I'm starting to get really really excited about what might be this sort of untapped
1: true potential of horror, and yeah. that in well. That, here, wait, I'll say this, okay, too. Don't get too excited. <laughs> well, okay. well, and, and I mean, and it's, and I kind of speak at Pearl and I and in a way, talking about X too because I do think there is, you know, this movie was viewed as like, wow, like kind of never seen anything before, yeah, like this concept was all new. Which is why I think it's a movie that has never really... Because right before we started, we uh, were talking about Morbius. Yeah. (laughs) Which I have to to watch now, because I have tickets to go see how did this get made. They're covering Morbius. I was like, all right, worth it. I'll do it for that. Yeah. And it's on Netflix now. And you were saying, oh, yeah, actually, my daughter watched it. Said it wasn't that bad. And this is about that time where a movie that gets just dunked on. Now it's time for people to be like, well, actually, maybe (laughs) people were being a little too harsh on this thing. Yeah. Or a movie like X where people are like, wow, everyone was like, everyone who saw that movie, like in the theaters was like great movie. Sure. Like really good movie. One of the best movies I've seen this year, blah, 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 blah. So now that's hyped up. People go to see X now, which X is like good in that. It's, a little bit of a conventional breaker, but they he's not rewriting anything right yeah. it's just a solidly made film I'll take it right exactly but if but people are going into it with this hype machine and then they're coming out and being oh. like actually x was really not that great like nothing even happens in like the first half well, you just this- kind of you know one of the points of you know it's, it's, it's a crucial point of that movie is where. Well, you're you're in no danger
0: of me getting swept up in that because, like, for example, you take the, like, reworking of the Halloween films. Yeah. And I loved the first one. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it was perfect, but there was a, enough stuff in there to sort of feed a hardcore fan. Sure. And, and I loved it. I thought Halloween kills should have been called Halloween fucking
1: blows. <laughs> uh, Halloween thought, killed my boner. Right. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I've got to get rid of this sex <laughs> curse that I've got here. Right. Thanks, Halloween Kills. Um, and uh, but yeah, it, I thought that absolutely sucked. So I have no problem saying that, like being excited for something yeah. and
1: then judging it fairly. My long term point being that this movie is now eight years old. Never did it hit the like, actually, I watched it follows and it sucks.
0: Yeah. No. Like
1: no one has done that at all. If anybody said that, I'd just be like, "This,
0: yeah, you deserve a sex curse. Get over yourself. Yeah, but you don't even deserve the sex to get to the sex
1: curse. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to say it because your skin would be melted by his hot takes, (laughs) right? Yeah, Uh, but yeah, I think this movie for a long time will just be, it'll just be one of those where people are just like, yeah, that's a, it's a great movie. It's excellent, and you and I like to feel like so is Pearl." Which is totally different than X, so go see both of them. Have no expectations for either.
0: There was kind of a nice serendipitous moment where we were trying to figure out what to cover next. And I said something just very vague, like... Like okay, we've done this movie that was a little bit older. Maybe we pick something that's kind of newer, and you're like Timmy, and then you just hold up your phone. And I had said like maybe like it follows, and you held up your phone and, and it already said been it, searching yeah. it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was perfect, and I can't believe it took us this long to get here. But yeah, yeah. Well, he, this
1: has always seemed like one of those like was just we we'll easy to, yeah. one to do. Oh sure, yeah. I like Get Out is <laughs> another one of those where oh, it's sure. like I would love to cover that one.
0: And the fact that can't
1: wait for us to talk about race. uh, Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah. I thought sex was going to be
0: the hard one, but yeah. Uh, But no, like I don't know if we're just riding a wave of, of excitement or if which board is just that good. But (laughs) I know that in our last Instagram post, for Witchboard, it got the most likes of any movie we've done, and how many episodes have we done?
1: So oh, 125 100, yeah. now? I think this is 125.
0: Witchboard, just just crushing the competition, just eviscerating. Um, so I hope that it follows, follows, <laughs> and because it's actually really good in
1: real life. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was it, right? Yeah. Where are we for time? Uh, i love asking that right on time oh perfect um all right cool yeah i try, i was trying to think i feel like there was one other thing i wanted to cover but i guess not i guess not. hey we behaved ourselves in this episode and i'm proud of that yeah and i've have never been closer to this mic in my life i felt like this was
0: gonna get this episode might get extra spicy yeah but we were gentlemen about it
1: oh uh, yeah we were yeah well i mean for a movie about sex right no that's fucking, just low-hanging no fruit yeah. movie. yeah kid bangs his mom kind of yeah but she's a demon or whatever it is
0: yeah we're gonna find like the sexual energy and more like a uh like secret of nim or something like that Ooh. yeah we could cover that <laughs> i love that movie it's one is of that where the one with the big fi- like tractor comes
1: uh yeah that's kind of horror isn't it oh yeah yeah
0: okay next up
1: <laughs> yeah well next up We're starting a new mini-series because it's Stephen King. It's a new Stephen King mini-series because of our live show. We've talked about it before. Doing a live show, October 22nd. Link for tickets in the uh, description of this episode. Promo code SLUMBER, 10% off. Uh, Oh, oh, crazy listen to this I have to tell this weird coincidental story real quick Tim this is a one in a billion thing that could have happened okay so a few days ago it's Stephen King's birthday right yeah this is two or three days ago uh so I'm on the horror subreddit and someone's like hey what's uh you know what's your favorite Stephen King story so I'm like well the jaunt let's see if anyone put the jaunt I uh, get like halfway down. Yeah, someone's put – they put, ah, the jaunt, please make it into a series. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure they are, right? Did Or did I make that up in my head, or are they making it a movie? So I'm like, I'll find the link, and I'll link it for this person. So I search jaunt TV series, click on the first article that comes up. Yep, sure enough, it's been optioned for a series, whatever. Now, I will say in this article, fuck this article because they literally tell the entire story. Oh, no. Even the end. And oh, it's no. like, you bastards. All right. <laughs> However, so this is on this webpage. It's one of those where in the middle of the article, like dead in the middle of the page, is like a, a video ad that plays. Yeah. Right. So it like separates the article. Not paying attention to it. It's like, it's it, it looks like it's a premiere, like they're at a premiere or something. You know, I'm like, You know, it's one of those like three and a half minute ads, essentially. Yeah. Not even paying attention to it. Literally the moment as I'm scrolling past the ad, who walks by in the ad, but super fan himself, Dr. Benway. Or Dr. Brian. Brian Benway. His name's Brian (laughs) Benway. We call him Dr. Brian. Dr. Brian, who had been. This was five years ago. He goes to this because a guy we went to high school with edited some episodes of this new star Trek series that came out <laughs> and he was at the premiere. Oh my so God. During this ad right at the second I look at it as some reporter standing there talking, he like <laughs> walks by in the background, like against that, you know, the big, where you take the pictures, he's See, like walking down. It's the blue carpet, Tim. I, I don't know if that's a star Trek thing or not, but, I'm telling you, it, it just feels like it's all falling into place. It's, it was insane. That's I will crazy. show you. I took I took a video of it. I will show it to you. <laughs> that is awesome, uh, but it's nuts. Yeah, so <laughs> we're everywhere. Crazy. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen King, for getting me to like giving me the relevance to tell that story. Uh, but yeah, super. We got a big Stephen King uh, month coming, and we're gonna start it off from 1984. It is. Your fire starter, boom! I fucking love this movie. I fucking love it. I am uh, wishy-washy on it, so I'm excited. <laughs> I have not watched it in a long time, so I'm excited to revisit it. Cute little Drew Barrymore playing a genetic freak. Oh,
0: daddy, you're bleeding. <laughs>
1: She's so cute. Back she off, is Charlie. Cute. Back off. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can't wait. And who? Uh, George C. Scott. Yes, yeah. he is well, an actor. I always think it's uh, Dennis Hopper in that role. Yeah, and Martin Sheen. Oh, is Martin at Sheen at the, the shop? Is he works he the head for of the yeah. shop. All right.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting! I just the the thing about the sh- like just this is where King is so great. He takes the simplest things that are just eerie. Like he could have called it like. The Institute for blah blah, 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 which would have no fear. But just the fact that he calls it the shop, yeah, like this secret government thing. It sounds so creepy. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Heather Locklear.
1: That. Oh, that's right. She's yeah. the wife. Yeah. All right. I mean, you've got me on the cast. I, I mean, I'm yeah, looking forward gonna, to it, watching it again. Started. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I'm not reading it again. I did read it before. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's next week when we start our new Stephen King miniseries title yet to be determined. I mean, it's really just about doing misery. Though. Yes. Okay, uh, so please uh, rate us on uh, Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. Check out all our other things we got going. You know, we got that Twitch, we got YouTube. A uh, huge thanks to our patrons. You help make this show possible. Again, uh, please get tickets to our live show. Oh, Tim's got to go to the bathroom. Oh no, I'm, so hanging on. Bad I'm, being, I'm, I'm being just going I'm I'm to really <laughs> draw this out. No, uh, again, please uh, tickets to our live show. Uh, it's part of the closing night extravaganza of misery at the Chicago street theater. We will also be covering the movie misery, October 22nd. Promo code slumber gets you 10% off your purchase. Tim, let me ask you do you got anything else to say about what we just do not fire starter my god i've already forgotten it follows it follows i
0: had this i had this whole bit about like if James Cameron had to pitch it and he was going to do his dollar sign thing <laughs> at the end of it, but it's already got an S on the end of it. Right. So he just like erases the board and just writes like Titanic 2 or well, something. Well, he writes
1: that. its follows and it's just a bunch of Pennywises <laughs> that, that <laughs> follow people. Yeah, <laughs> <sound>.
0: Perfect. <laughs> just like a roving gang of like, just yeah, just gang banging Pennywises. We, yeah, we all
1: fuck. <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs>